Sandball Podcast Network. We're putting the band back together. Twisted Minds brought you the original fan ball. We had a bad pile of enough to turn goat piss in the gas This is the Fan Ball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. I brought it back for you, Jay. Yes, and I'm very appreciative of that. <laughs> Jay is obviously on the phone, if you can't tell by the slight audio difference. No, between... no, no. Jay is in a li- like a little hologram that's sitting on our table here. It's kind of like in uh, Star Wars. Oh. With Star okay. Wars coming out, I thought that would be the approach we'd go with Help Jay. Help me, John Tuvey. You're my only hope. Well, sometimes <laughs> there's no hope for Jay, but we'll try. <laughs> Well, it's the. Can you imagine in the future if, like, the future is like, let's pretend I have a son or daughter, and then they have a son and daughter, and yada yada, that hundred, two hundred and thirty years from now, there's literally a Clemens descendant, somebody saying, "Help us! You are our only hope." The world would be in a lot of trouble. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would, yes, we'd be in a, a great deal of trouble. Uh, so before we jump into the values, this is the value pod that we do on Thursdays here at fanball.com. I want to remind everyone, there's not just a lot of contests in the lobby. There's Thursday to Saturday contests in the lobby this week, uh, in addition to our Thursday to Mondays and our Sunday slates. And there's some real interesting games on Saturday, too, with uh, a lot of points. As I was going through preparing my values, uh, I had had to take those guys off because they're not on the main slate. But you can grab that value uh, you know, in the Thursday, Saturday slot, play those games, uh, you know, kick your weekend off, get a little nice start, then uh, churn that over into Sunday and, and really uh, set yourself up. And then uh, if you if you do come through with uh, big wins, I'll just share my Amazon wish list with you and nice. uh, you can set me up for Christmas. <laughs> so if, if you do want to jump yeah, in it, it, any of those Thursday to Saturday slates, Jay does have a couple guys for you in this podcast uh, that you can play in that slate. That away, Jay. All right. Yeah, definitely. I will say that uh, the, we when we had, what, three games for Thanksgiving week, we had a ton of games, and then that kind of spilled over to Sunday, and I think that was our best traffic and best games because in a, in a weird way, it's, I wish we almost had three games every Thursday and Saturday. And obviously, college football is big during the, the fall month, but, like, it really gets things rolling. It really gets the ball rolling for Sunday, so I, I'm glad to have it back. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be enjoyable the next couple weeks with Saturday games. Uh, one more note, we have draft, we have drafts on Fanball. You can go and sit in a snake, snake style, uh, two person, four person, six person, or eight person draft. We actually have free ones in the lobby. If you just want to try it out, see what it's like. There are free ones. You don't win any prizes, but Hey, you get to try out, uh, try out what we're, we're putting out there for you guys. And if you jump into one and, and would like to draft with fish or me i mean we're, we're gonna hopefully be grabbing some of those and throwing them out on twitter inviting people to join us uh but since they are not you can't win money with them we as fanball employees are allowed to play if you want to hit either of us up on twitter we'll gladly jump in and draft with you i mean they're they're a ton of fun um 
they're fast, especially the the shorter, the the four, the six person yeah. drafts. They All only under take a handful minutes. of minutes. We, yep. it's it's addictive, and and the more the more excuses we have to get out of work. Oh, I'm I'm working. <laughs> I'm drafting a team. Yep, exactly. We'd be happy to uh, participate. All right, let's plus jump. We have that new fe- Go for it, Jay. Well, I was going to say, plus we have that new feature where you can like literally bring down the 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 seconds between picks to three seconds. So it's it's the equivalent of a game show on TV where you have to make split decisions. Split decisions right away, so it's great. Wow, yeah, I, d- I actually didn't know about that feature. I'm gonna have to test I that out. I was joking about that, but no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Regular, <laughs> I thought you were serious that, that we could you could. Draft. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine that if you only had like five seconds to make a pick in a regular season draft? That'd be the, awesome. That would be that would be a very fast draft and probably very stressful for the 20 minutes you're doing it, but it would be interesting. <laughs> no, next year, next year, Fanball needs to host. And we can even, like, get sponsors for something. We could do fan ball the five seconds between every pick draft. Oof, and we could wow. have, like, it on TV and everything. It would be great. I sense a lot of auto-drafted going on <laughs> in that draft. Uh, all right, let's jump into the values. Uh, Jay, let's just start with you here on quarterbacks. Uh, who you got this week? I have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. You'll have to tell me the prices here since my internet dollars uh, Okay. Uh, Jimmy G has averaged, what, 314 yards passing in his first two starts. Uh, his proficiency is in the 66, uh, 67% range. He's going against the Tennessee defense, which was okay last week, but then again they were okay against Blaine Gabbard. So it's one of those things where I, I know Tennessee gets interceptions, but I don't trust them like the overall product of stuff in the past. Uh, I think we've already established that uh, Kyle Shanahan will commit to the passing game no matter what the case. Uh, if you take the Brian Hoyer – uh, the the rookie from Iowa whose name escapes me, uh, C.J. Beathard, uh, and Garoppolo, they were, they're averaging something like 38, 39 pass attempts per game. That's actually more than Tom Brady's had all year, wow. like, you know, for the same number of games. So uh, even if Garoppolo isn't a lock for multiple touchdowns at that price, and keep in mind, if I'm going to go slumming with a quarterback, I need a good handcuff option. And even though he's not part of this podcast, Marquise Goodwin would be an excellent handcuff, or even Garrett Selleck. Because if you're going to go Garoppolo, you might as well commit to somebody else. Yeah, I, I really like Goodwin this week. I like uh, Garoppolo this week. And you were mentioning, uh, mentioning what they led up to Gabbard. I mean, we're just two weeks removed from them giving up 365 yards to Tom Savage. So <laughs> Garoppolo is definitely yes. better, in my opinion. <laughs> um. All right, John, who do you have at quarterback? I like that Garoppolo call, too. I like the Garoppolo call, but I'm going to save about $800 off Jimmy Garoppolo and, and go dumpster diving for the man, the legend, Blake Bortles. But not the myth, apparently. He's not a myth, not yet. Um, if you check out Blake Bortles' facts, you might find some of the uh, the myths attributed to him. Uh, he is no, those are facts. Achieved legendary status. <laughs> um, you know, The Jaguars, will they'll want to grind it out with Leonard Fournette, but... This is a good run defense from Houston. It's also a very, very bad pass defense. So uh, they've allowed the seventh most passing yards, fifth most passing touchdowns. Uh, Bortles has been, well, a top five quarterback, if you ask Leonard Fournette, uh, especially over the past couple weeks, throwing for 577 yards and four scores. So as uh, as Jay mentioned with Jimmy Grappolo, you don't want to leave your DFS quarterback naked, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be discussing a very, very attractive option 
that Blake Bortles will have to throw to. We will. I'm teasing that later in nice. the show. I like the tease. I like the Bortles call. It is nice that he's $800 cheaper than Garoppolo, but I like them both this week. Another guy I like, just purely on matchup. <laughs> we haven't seen him in a while. But uh, Nick Foles will be replacing Carson Wentz in uh, what has been a pretty electric offense, high-scoring offense this year, $6,300. The Giants have allowed the second most passing yards, the most passing touchdowns on the season, and six different quarterbacks have had at least had three touchdowns or more against them. I don't expect that out of Foles, but uh, you couldn't have asked for an easier last three games of the schedule for Nick Foles to take over for Carson Wentz. So uh, that's a, that's a decent price if you're going going cheap. Sixty three hundred is a pretty decent price for Foles this week. Can I throw something in here real quick? Uh, I, Ross Tucker, I used to work with him at SI. He's got his own podcast now. He does a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I heard him yesterday say that Nick Foles and Carson Wentz are the exact same quarterback until they get you to the 15-yard line. And the difference is Wentz punches it in and Foles gets you that field goal. So <laughs> keep in mind, Scott, that the Giants also have the 31st-ranked rushing defense, which means the, the Eagles will have plenty of options. Normally when you have a really bad pass or run defense, the other side of it is pretty good, and so teams tend to just focus on that one side. The Eagles are balanced, but they have, uh, they're have they flush with options this week. So as much as I like the Fools pick, it, may, it looks great on paper. I hope people, if you're going to do it, make sure you buttress that pick with like an Alshon Jeffrey or an Ertz. Otherwise, I don't know if it's going to hold a lot of water. I missed what you were going to say. I just said that would be a nice segue into my running back. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we can make that right now. So. Yes. And if we are sticking with the Eagles' side of the offense and Foles' potential inability to punch it in, let's talk about your running back, John. Well, as as Jay noted, uh, this this is an offense that's been electric, and Nick Foles is a competent quarterback. I also think the way that you ease a quarterback into the lineup is by leaning on your running game. And Jay Ajayi has been on a slow build since coming over from Miami. He had a Philly high 16 touches last week against the Rams. You have to believe as the Eagles prepare for life after Carson Wentz that they're going to continue to lean on those running backs. And uh, his 15 carries last week were more than LeGarrette Blunt and Corey Clement combined. Uh, also note that he's averaging almost seven yards per touch as an Eagle and that uh, I don't have the list of guys in front of me, but there was a, a nice tweet floating around that uh, Jay Ajayi made uh, missed. Or forced 15 missed tackles last week, which was more than like and it was a list of different running backs with good running backs. 200 and some carries. Yes. Yeah. So Jay Ajayi is elusive in that offense. Um, now, he always was. He was one of the most elusive backs in the NFL last year, too. And he gets a, a Giants defense that, as soft as they are against the pass, no team is giving up more yards from scrimmage uh, per game to opposing running backs than the Giants. And yet his price tag is at 6400 because we haven't seen him get that full workload yet. So I think there's real value built into that 6400 It'll be the highest-priced running back that we'll probably talk about in this grouping. But, but I love him. the home run potential here mm-hmm. um, as they lean on the running game to let Nick Foles get his feet wet uh, is tremendous. Nice. Yeah, I, I really love Ajayi this week. I, I think he'll be in several of my lineups. Uh, let's move to the guy that replaced Jay Ajayi down in Miami, Kenyon Drake, who is my guy. Uh, 6,300. How about our transitions the last couple? Man, just be smooth. 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 Uh, Kenyon Drake, I absolutely love this week. Um, 
he, he gets a Bills defense that has allowed the most yards, total yards, the most rushing yards, the most total touchdowns, and the most rushing touchdowns over the past five weeks. Six different running backs over those five weeks have topped 80 yards, and six different running backs have scored. <laughs> the In fact, three different running backs had over 130 total yards, which is what Drake has basically done each of the last two weeks. So... Uh, I think that trend continues. They're the second second worst run defense over that span. I, man, Kenyon Drake's been too hot to bench, and this is such a great matchup. Uh, he's another guy I probably am going to have in a lot of lineups at 6,300. All right. No I, pressure to transition this to Jay's running back, but no. come on, we've been smooth. How are yeah. you, you going to do it? <laughs> I have no idea how this is going to work. But let's just go down to Jay's running back. Who you got, Jay? Well, I can tell you how you can do it, Scott. I don't need to tell you how to do your job as host, but we're all in the same ballpark price-wise. Yeah, that's I true. I did a radio interview the other day, and people were going on about Jay and Jay is low price. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Alex Collins and Kenyon Drake are actually more established running backs right now, and they're for a cheaper price. They're all in that neighborhood of sixty-one to sixty-four hundred dollars. You you really can't go wrong either way. So so it, you you guys took what a J.I. Uh, Drake and I will take Collins. And keep in mind, the the Browns may be winless, but they have respectable tallies on defense, uh, both against the rush and scoring defense. So every week, it's a, it's I understand it's very tough for fantasy owners to want to play against Cleveland because they kind of fear that. Cleveland is on the brink of having a good game, of perhaps a victory, and the defense has been good, so I don't really want to start it. It's not an obvious thing. Well, I felt emboldened to start Joe Mixon a few weeks ago, and that turned out great. Everyone told me last week, don't start Jamal Williams against Cleveland. Well, sure enough, Williams ended up with, what, 29? 20, I did not tell you that, just so you situation. know. <laughs> well, the numbers don't look good again this week for Collins, but I have him at number 13 of PPR backs. And frankly, I feel like I'm underselling him. He absolutely shredded the Steelers last week. Uh, he has proved in the last two or three weeks that he has a wonderful two-can Sam-like nose for the end zone. You put that all together, I don't fear the Browns. Eventually, they're going to win, I think. I don't think they'll go in 16 like the 2008 Lions. But at the same time, as long as Baltimore has control of down and distance, the scoring, uh, stuff like that, Collins will always be the focal point. So at that price tag, frankly, Collins should be in the high sixes, low seven for this matchup. So as long as he's still getting a low price, I would gladly scoop him up. Yeah, and not to mention last week, he could have had more. He got vultured a couple times. At least once he definitely got vultured. That yes, he did. Me. Yeah, he got to the one on the, on the, the Buck Allen touch. Yeah, he got he got up to the, like the two, and then Buck Allen punched it in. Very annoying for me, as an Alex Collins owner in many leagues. Uh, John, you got a bonus running back for us sure, for the Saturday slate. Let's throw in a bonus Saturday running back, uh, and we'll dip below that six thousand dollar threshold that we all uh, kind of just had at. to beat Jay with the sixty two hundred back didn't you no i'm gonna go down to 4300 and tariq cohen against jay's beloved lions uh i'm not going to go so far as to say that the bears coaching staff has actually figured out that good things happen when they get the ball into cohen's hands but there is a growing preponderance of evidence that such a thought might be sneaking into the minds of john fox and Owl logans because uh last week cohen saw his second largest carry total of the season had a dozen rushing attempts 80 yards from that caught multiple passes for the fourth consecutive game that Mm. streak started the last time the bears faced the lions when cohen had 59 yards from scrimmage and scored a touchdown 
Only one team's allowed more running back touchdowns than Detroit. Only three teams have given up more yards from scrimmage to running backs than the Lions. You know Jordan Howard's going to take his bite, but I think this uptick in touches and the big playability of Cohen, I mean, if you're going to get the ball in his hands double-digit times per game, that's you've all you need is, is a 10% chance that he's going to bust one of those mm-hmm. the distance. The, the dude price. is so elusive. Yep. And for 4300 if you're paying up at other spots, especially in that Saturday slate, I think that allows you to load up on you know maybe a, a Charger stack, a, a Rivers, uh, Keenan Allen type of stack, and then uh, fill out some other spots, maybe even go with Kelsey at tight end, you know, spend up at some other positions. Now you enjoy a little treat. Cohen gives mm. you a little bang for the buck at the flex spot. Nice and cheap at forty three hundred. All right, let's let's move on to some wide receivers. You know what? I might as well start here. Uh, John alluded to it or teased it, I suppose, in radio terminology earlier, that he has Blake Bortles. I'm going with D.D. Westbrook. Um, he has 33 targets in the last four games. I believe like 17 or 18 over the last two games. He's just getting a ton of targets for the Jaguars. Has led the team since his return. Uh, made some great grabs. Looked good. But mostly the Texans have allowed the seventh most yards and the fifth most touchdowns to wide receivers. That's a lot. But here, here's a little nugget I uncovered this week. Uh, out of the six huge games against the Texans that wide receivers have had, Marquise Goodwin. Four two seven forty. He had uh, Paul Richardson four four forty. Tyler Lockett four four forty. Cooks four three three forty. Hilton four three four forty. You want to hear the stats on those games? Six for one hundred six. Six for one hundred five and two touchdowns. Six for one hundred twenty one. Six for one thirty one and two touchdowns. Five for one seventy five and two touchdowns. Guys with 4-4 or faster 40 times have absolutely crushed Houston all year. Five of the best six fantasy games against Houston were by super fast receivers. And? Enter D.D. Westbrook, 4-3-4. Nice. So uh, I really like D.D. Westbrook this week. And at his price of, I'm trying to remember if it was 4,800 or 3,800. Yeah, I believe he's 48. 4,800. That's that is one That's heck of a value. good price for a receiver who could easily be a big boom type of weak player. Yeah, and that's the nice thing is with his speed and obviously the Texans susceptibility to that speed, he doesn't need the six catches that it looks like no, he's he likely doesn't. to get. He needs one. I mean, it could yeah. take one for one 80 play. and a touch and he's already paid easily that 4800 and now everything else on top of that's gravy. Yeah, it's uh when I when I started looking into all those big games and what kind of players did them, uh, I got real excited for D.D. Westbrook this week. Jay, who's your guy? Okay, let's stick in the state of Florida here. How's that for a segue? Yep, and just I for uh, people Chicago. listening, this one can be played in your Thursday through Saturday slate. Yes, uh, let's go Chris Godwin uh, with the Buccaneers going against the Falcons on Monday night. Oh, uh, typically, maybe it can't be played. I'm a nervous <laughs> to... Uh, typically nervous to ride people that have good games against Detroit because people have good games against Detroit all the time and then do absolutely nothing the very next week. But uh, I've spent some money here with Collins, and I'm, I'm going to spend it at tight end as well and at quarterback. So I'm going to save a little bit. I believe uh, Godwin's price is 3700 Is that correct? Uh, 3600 I have it listed as. 3600 Okay, even better. And so I he had, what, five catches last week, six targets for 68 yards against the Lions. Going against the Falcons defense that is okay in spots, 
doesn't really have a wonderful track record against uh, slot receivers. But here's the thing. This is more of a hunch for next year. I think Godwin will be one of the top slot receivers this time next year. So I think if you want to build a case for that, like hopefully I'm, I will try to do in July and August, if you're going to build a case for that, the last four or five weeks of the previous season mean a lot. So I think Godwin will have a sneaky good week. Uh, I've actually promised last night on the air that Kenny Galladay, who is a Lions receiver uh, for, what, 4,600, I already promised that he would score a touchdown. So the fact that I'm going Godwin in this particular segment means that I feel even greater about his chances than Galladay, even with that promise of a touchdown. So I think Godwin, I'm promising a minimum of 15 PPR points against the Falcons. For that price, everything seems right. Yeah, I'm I'm a Godwin fan. When coming out, uh, he's uh, he's really good again with contested catches. I like the way he plays, um, and he's had a couple really decent games this year. So, um, yeah, I, I like that call. I especially like that call for the future as a dynasty-minded guy like myself. John, you want to wrap up the wide receivers for us? Sure. I'm going to go uh, a little bit of dumpster diving in a very favorable matchup with a guy that uh, I saw one writer this offseason uh, opine that he might be small enough to fit in luggage. <laughs> I wonder who, who possibly could have come up with that line. I might have written that It might have been summer. Scott Fish. Well, at 5'9", 173, there's, there's a, you know, I've seen luggage that big, the, the trunk that uh, Tom it. Hanks has in Joe versus a Volcano. <laughs> he definitely would have fit in that. Um, this guy, wow, much like wow. D.D. Westbrook, this guy is super fast. I had some great... Uh, pro day times short shuttle 403 three cone 66 uh, his long shuttle was 109 and uh, according to wikipedia which is my favorite source for everything accurate on the internet uh, that was faster than any time at the 2015 scouting combine uh, among uh, uh, any position so we've established that demir bird has speed he's athletic yep he's got a price tag of 3600 and he's going to be facing aaron Rodgers. In his comeback game, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be putting up as many points as possible on that Carolina defense. Carolina's going to need to fight back, and Devin Funchess can't do it all. Um, it, it's a very banged-up Green Bay secondary that's allowed the fifth-most yards to receivers, the third-most touchdowns to wide receivers. They may not have Devon House, um, who is, I guess, a uh, nice way of putting it, the least terrible of all the <laughs> Green Bay cornerbacks. It's like I said, Devin Funches can't get all the looks. Greg Olson, I just don't know how much he can stick around. He's exited both of the games since he's come back with that foot injury. Cam's going to do some running, sure, but uh, this needs uh, you know, th there needs to be a Robin to Devin Funches' Batman. I think the, at 3600 I'm willing to pay a, a pittance for Demir Bird to be Robin in this uh, battle of superheroes. It's definitely a nice cheap price. I, I love being able to find those you know godwin or or bird or whatever down in the 3000 range just because it allows you to pay up elsewhere um i think this is worth noting be before we move on here robert woods is 5000 versus a seattle defense that is still incredibly banged up uh, and before leaving he led the team in targets receptions receiving yards receiving touchdowns uh it could be a pretty good play <laughs> right there because he he was on one heck of a pace and then over the last three weeks, Seattle's allowed four touchdowns to receivers. Seven of those had 60 yards or more. So they, they are allowing teams to uh, spread the ball around and, uh, and get some yards and touchdowns on them, especially recently with all their injuries. So let's move on to tight ends. I think, uh, I think Jay 
can give us his uh, his tight end here first. Okay, this will be the most convincing argument I will make of this podcast. Eric Ebron at $4,000. Hey, last week he had, what, 10 catches, 12 targets, 94 yards. Two of those were a single game per highs. Yes, he was the guy that was drafted 10th overall ahead of uh, <laughs> of uh, Odell Beckham and Aaron Donald and even Taylor Lewan in 2010. I mean, 2014, 10th overall. But it's not his fault that he, that the Lions thought that he was Zeus, okay? Well, he's kind of struggled in recent years, but now it's kind of turning up the heat since week 12. And keep in mind, there have been no buys since week 12. Ebron ranks in the top six for rank, for catches, targets, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns, okay? And as a Detroit native, guys, I never thought I would have that in a sentence that included Eric Ebron. He has caught 18 of his last 19 targeted balls, which is a sterling catch-to-target rate of 94%. He's going against a Bears defense that's pretty decent against tight ends, but at the same time, I don't live in fear of the hot tight end, especially when he has a hot quarterback. Matthew Stafford had a mangled hand last week, badly bruised, and he still threw for 381 yards, and only six of those balls hit the ground all day. It's one of those things where Ebron is hot, keeps feeding the guy, especially at that price of four grand. Yeah, and especially with that injured hand, you got to imagine maybe Stafford's, you know, throwing it shallower to a guy like Ebron. We've got a great picture oh, sure. of Matthew Stafford's mangled hand on the site with uh, attached to our injury article. We get our photos from Getty, and I, I saw that. it's that a fantastic picture. and wonderful at the same time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. All right, John, let's move over to you. Give me a tight end. I will give you a tight end. Is it better than Ebron? Well, Make uh, a call now. obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, Charles Clay is going to outperform Ebron. Uh, he gets a Miami team that he might have some familiarity with. He gets a quarterback back in Ty- uh, Tyrod Taylor that he's got some familiarity with. Um, Miami's been a bottom feeder against tight ends until the last two weeks they rallied. They came back. They shut down the legendary Virgil Green against Denver, and then they absolutely flummoxed the Gronkless Patriots. So two sterling weeks of defending literally nobody uh, at the tight end position. Uh, I'm not sold on Miami's defense uh, being tight end stoppers. Uh, Clay missed the earlier meeting uh, with between these two teams, but if you go back to week 16 of last year when he faced the Dolphins, he just dropped a little eight catches, 85 yards, two touchdowns on the Dolphins. I'll settle for uh, a little more than half that. I'll settle for six catches, 60 yards, and uh Touchdown in a quarter. Maybe a touchdown in a two-point conversion. How's that? And sometimes you see a letdown from a team, like, like especially like Miami, after they win their their version of the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so Exactly. And, and Charles Clay, $4,600. Um, again, you, you're, you can save a little money at the tight end position. It's a tougher matchup for uh, Kelsey. Well, Kelsey might not even be in, in the slate you play, uh, being yep. a, a Saturday game. Hunter Henry won't be in that slate. Uh, the Bucks tight ends won't be in that slate. Jack Doyle won't, Jack be, Doyle in won't be in that slate. So you are probably going to need to do a little bit of digging at tight end. So you've Great. got and uh, OJ Howard. Not exactly. That slate as well. You've got Ebron. You've got Charles Clay. If only Fish could come up with one more really good option at the tight end. Yeah, position let's give us. one more. Get out of here. Uh, about the same price as all theirs. Uh, Ebron was four thousand. Uh, Clay was forty six hundred. And I'm going to go right in the middle. Pretty much, kind of. Ricky Seals Jones at forty two hundred. Forty three hundred would actually been right in the middle. I know. Just, you know yeah. Not. Math. <laughs> I Check was your told, abacus. I was told something about math. <laughs> I forgot what it was though. Uh I was almost there though, right? You're almost there. <laughs> Basically almost. You're close. 
All right, yeah. Ricky Seals-Jones, bad week last week. I get that. He only saw three targets. But before that, he had at least five targets and at least 40 yards in three straight, scoring three times in that stretch. So I'm I'm not quite super down on Ricky Seals-Jones after just one game there. But I just love his matchup. Washington's like the second or third worst against tight ends. Uh, they've allowed the second most yards and the third most touchdowns this year. They've also allowed a touchdown to a tight end in five consecutive games. Hmm. So I kind of like that uh, price tag, 4200 We're all going pretty cheap on our tight ends this week. That's, that's good, giving you guys some uh, nice cheap options. Well, you guys wouldn't let me use this guy named Rob Gronkowski, so I, I figured I'd go you, bro. Yeah, we should have. I mean, last week he had zero points. I mean, he I don't know what his price is, but he didn't have any last week. So. I'm surprised Oz didn't uh, react to that and, and lower his price accordingly. Should have. <laughs> should have. Do you guys realize that 13 weeks ago, if you had told me during a podcast in shorthand, RSJ and AFJ, I would have had no idea what you were talking about, and right now I understand everything you're saying. <laughs> the men's so nice, they named him thrice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, all right, let's let's wrap it up. Go to fanball.com and get in some drafts. There's some free ones, so you can just test it. And if you want to play with us, just – well, that sounded weird. But if, <laughs> if you want to draft with us, uh, just ping us on Twitter, and we'll, we'll probably jump in with you if we're not too busy setting our lineups or whatever we're doing at work. I don't know. Jay's single, so he might – you might t- you know, some people might – you might take him up on that offer. Yeah. Yeah, Jay, you should tweet out that you want to jump in a draft with five nice ladies or something. Well, I do have uh, time. Like, I I tried to carve out time yesterday. Wednesdays are impossibly busy, but uh, I, I will be writing. Actually, our internet is still down, so I'm just going to take my computer to the local Starbucks and do stuff. So uh, if someone wants to ping in, I will be more than happy to do a draft. Uh, in fact, uh, us three, we could probably organize one today where we can invite people as well mm-hmm. because it's such a good tool. And, uh, yep. If we can promote it on a Thursday, even before a kind of a lame game between Broncos and Colts, I don't know how high scoring this game will be. Uh, the, the the Saturday lineup of options that we have for Chiefs Chargers, Lions Bears more than makes up for anything that could possibly happen tonight. And if you're listening to this early, as soon as the podcast hits, where in the world is Jay Clemens? We're, we're playing that. So if you are in a Starbucks somewhere in either uh, greater <laughs> Detroit or Atlanta area, because we're not 100% sure Atlanta. where yeah, Jay is at this juncture, <laughs> Uh, walk up, it's say hi. Here, by the way. Well, now him. you ruined it, Jay. Now <laughs> they know you're in Atlanta. Yeah, that's no fun. You can't. You got to give at least give a hint. Like, you I, narrowed I, it down. I, I mean, I mean, how many Starbucks could there actually be in Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you ask There's Jay who you would start over Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I did lo- appreciate. I got three different King Kong gifs on that. How, how cool is that? You know, Twitter. Sometimes people mock Twitter. And then when you put out for a simple request for a King Kong GIF from the 1930s and you get three different versions, life is pretty good. Yes, that, that is one benefit of that. That is definitely a benefit. All right, I think that's, I think that's all for today. So for uh, Jay Clemens, who's in Atlanta, but his Twitter handle is still at M-I-N underscore Jay Clemens. <laughs> uh, John Tuvey sitting across from me at Jay Tuvey and myself at Scottfish24. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.